Hello, hello there. My name is Moyo, my co-host Corey. We are The Real Guys, and this is The Real Show with two ears. What was first just a dream has become a frightening reality for those that may oppose us. It took As always, seconds. I'm with my co-host Corey. I'm so glad I nailed that. <laughs> I was always with my co-host Corey. How are you doing today, Corey? I'm doing very well, thank you. Very, very good. And as always, you can listen to us on any audio platform, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. That's right. It's, t- it's time for Ahsoka. I it literally is. cannot wait. You can't. We've, uh, yeah, I know. I know I can't. I've, I've had to sit through months and months since August to wait to review this. We reviewed the first episode. We, did. we weren't here in the studio to do it. No. We reviewed the first episode, and now we're finally here reviewing the full series, and I could not be happier. Yes. Corey, you, you didn't watch it week to week. No. You, you binged it. Correct. How did that, what was that feeling like? Oh, it was good, because, uh, you know, well, it, it has its drawbacks sometimes. You know, sometimes if you get a bit of a cliffhanger, it's nice to have to wait a week. Mm-hmm. If you binge something, that isn't the case. You go, ah, oh, I'll find out what happens in about five minutes. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> um, you know, for sometimes when a, a like, obviously, like, Disney Plus does theirs mm. bingeable, something like that, Netflix, yeah, where it's yeah. go, here's a whole thing. Um, but I liked it. Let's put it on. You know, do you can do other things there. Reels, reels off all oh, eight eight episodes. Eight episodes. Oh. Let's go in. Let's go. Let's go into it. Yeah. Ahsoka is back from the Mandalorian. It's Correct. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, the famed Star Wars character, the famous Star Wars character. Now she's up there with. She is up there now. Obi Wan Anakin, I'd say right I now. I mean, arguably Ahsoka she was anyway big. in like the Clone Wars the and Clone stuff Wars. when that came out. But in terms of now live action, she's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not alone. She's with the... Ca- Effectively, half the cast of Star Wars Rebels are also here uh, in live action, <laughs> finally. Well, we, yeah. got, we got Zeb in the last Mandalorian season. Yep. We got a CGI Zeb. Here we get uh, Natasha Lubavizo, fantastically done as Sabine Wren. It's very hard to find someone that actually looks like the animated version. Yeah. Which is strange. You know, cut her hair and, and Natasha really nails it as Sabine. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Harrison Doula, I think she does great as well. Very small role, slightly more minor than I would have thought. Mm-hmm. But a bit of a supporting cast here, but I, I, I like Hera very much. Uh, we've got Jason Sindula is back, the son of Hera Sindula and yep. Kanan Jarrus. We don't get Kanan Jarrus in this, well, we kind of do. Yeah. We get a picture in the yeah. ghost, which looks like Freddie Prince Jr., who voiced Kanan yep. from, from Rebels. Uh, the big Rebels character is here, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn himself. Correct. Mithra Nerodo is here, played by Lars Mikkelsen, who voices him in Rebels, yep. which everyone was waiting for. Everyone was well. There was a lot of we'll get into it. There was a lot of contention about the the casting here. There was a lot of big casting choices. There was a lot made. of big casting choices. One of the big casting choices made is one of the original characters, uh, Balan Scott, mm-hmm. as played by uh, Ray, the late the late great Ray Stevenson. Yep. Obviously, Ray Stevenson uh, passed away before the completion of this yes. uh, series. He did yep. all his shooting, and uh, while this series was set to release, uh, he passed away unfortunately. But we'll talk about what they're going to take Balan in future in season two. Mm-hmm. But let's start with Balan Scott, why don't we? Because he's who opened okay. the series with. He's who opened the series with episode one. Yep. And we carry through his journey uh, with uh, Morgan Elsbeth, who's played by De- Deanna Lee. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get this right. Incentino? Incentino, I think? Yes. Incentino. Uh, off, the goddaughter of Bruce Lee. Ah. Did you know that? Did not know that. And she did all her own scene, all her own fight scenes, so she's, she's part of that legacy, yep. that martial arts legacy. And I think she's great as as Morgan Elsbeth. Fantastic work. Nice. Now, Ray Stevenson, the dark Jedi, Balan Skull. Yep. 
quite the interesting character. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel with these sort of the 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 dark Jedi influence in this series? I I liked it. Outside of the Force, you'd say that Ahsoka isn't even a Jedi because yeah. she's, she left the Order. Yeah, I like it. It it just adds a bit more to the the universe and the mm. thing. It's, again, it's just good to see stuff in live action. It's just a little bit different, a little bit interesting. Mm. Adds stuff to the characters. Um, as well, because obviously when Burn and Skull first came out, they had, they had the whole thing with the whole like orange lightsaber and people thought yeah, it would change yeah. or um, that kind of thing. I liked it. I thought it was an interesting character. He I was really a very it. interesting character, yeah, of course. But but no more interesting than his apprentice, Shin Hati, mm. who has taken off into the stratosphere, <laughs> people say. Twitter be going crazy. The yep. internet <laughs> loves a bit of Shin oh, Hati. Yeah. And so do I. <laughs> Uh, Ivana Sanko is like God's gift to mankind now, apparently. Yeah. And she's just absolutely tearing it up. Yeah. And I love it. I really do. She does so much. I think it's the case. It's the Boba Fett rule, isn't it? Yeah. She does so much with so little yeah. that you're kind of like, oh, she's so enigmatic and cool. And she's this sort of seeker. She's very calculated, very precise. She always, she never moves that much. Yep. It's like, that's what makes her so awesome. You know, she just kind of looks at things and moves her head slightly and kind of turns around and walks off. And then, and then you, and everyone goes, ah, everyone just yep. melts. And that is the best thing. I feel like um, Ivana Sarkno, she'll be probably back for season two if we get to the plot of this yep. uh, for Shin Haiti. And I think Shin Haiti is just one of the successes of this show with Balin. Um, I think Shin Haiti is just absolutely awesome i think she's i think she's really cool yeah she's got that great sort of the fight the lightsaber combat in this we can get onto that yes lightsaber combat is very refined it's yep. a lot the prequels was very flashy very it was very kind know, of maneuver, twirly, twirly and... maneuvers with this i feel like it's a lot more you know original trilogy yeah as much as it as, as obi-wan kenobi versus darth vader is kind of two old men tapping swords <laughs> It gets up into Return of the Jedi, where there's yeah. actually a bit where it feels like sword combat, yeah. and this feels a bit like sword combat. Balin's got the got the heavy swings like a broadsword. Yeah. Ahsoka's got the kind of dual wielding. Uh, Sabine's not that great, no, at saber combat, but she's she's getting there. Yeah. She's getting there. She can hold her own. And Shin is very um, very aggressive, very precise. Very there's a lot of um, a bit of spinning, but there's yep. also a lot of cuts, a lot of slices, a lot of slashes. As you can see, in this in the series, let's go to the plot. Yeah, big thing. Take us into the plot. The big thing. Big who's thing. missing? Who's 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 in exile after the end of Star Wars Rebels season four? Ezra Bri- Ezra Bridger. Yeah, correct. And Thrawn. And Thrawn, your uh, your big boy. My big boy. My big boy. <laughs> big boy. Big boy. Big big boy. Yeah, he's the, the, Ch- the Chiss Grand it Admiral. Is. Yeah, I love him. He is. You know what? I do love him. He's my favourite Star Wars character. I'd you say. know, it's it's not like I make no secret of it. Yeah, it's not like we've not been having a discussion for the past like five minutes before this episode went out. About how much this might be just about Grand I, Admiral yeah. Thrawn. Yeah. Because well, it's been a long journey to get here, Corey. Let's go on to Thrawn now, why not? It's been a long yeah, journey to get here yeah. since 1991, Heir mm-hmm. to the Empire. Before before the prequels even came out. No, uh, that the is book, yeah. Heir to the Empire, written by Timothy Zahn, mm-hmm. came out as part of the fabled Thrawn trilogy, which goes Heir to the Empire. Okay. Um, I've suddenly forgot what the second book's called. Oh, come on. But the last book is called <laughs> Last Command, I know that. Okay. Um, you can probably fill in the gaps there if you look at the trilogy. But yeah, 1991, the first book came out. 
and Thrawn was revealed to the to the to the world as this fantastic, very um, he was compared a lot to Sherlock Holmes. He's compared a lot to Owen Rommel. Dark Force he's Rising. Dark Force Rising. Thank you. And thank you very much. Welcome. That, he's the tactical, cunning, tactical genius. He's able to see things people don't see. He's able to deduce. He is a great tactical genius. Also, his success in an empire. I, I, why I love one of the reasons I love Thrawn is because of his success in an empire which never really wanted him there mm. because he's an alien. He's a Chiss. He's he from is. the unknown regions. He was banished from his culture, from the Chiss ascendancy, because of his preliminary strikes, which they saw as um as a um, violation of their, of their code. Mm-hmm. So they exiled him, he joined the Empire, Palpatine and immediately saw use in his tactical ability, and he went through... In, his rise to power is different in in Legends, because obviously in Legends they kind of have to explain away, why isn't this guy in the original trilogy? Yeah. So they say he was in the Unknown Regions building something called the Empire of the Hand, right. which is his own confederation outside, kind of his own mini-empire mm-hmm. outside of the galaxy. In this they kind of do the similar thing, Yep. Where in the end of Star Wars Rebels, he and Ezra jet off with the Pergil in the Star Destroyer because Ezra saves Lothal by ridding them of the Empire and Thrawn. And the Empire never come back to Lothal because obviously the original trilogy starts. But here we have the return of Thrawn. He's away on an, on a, on another, in another galaxy, in a distant galaxy, on a world called Peridia, mm-hmm. which is the mission of Morgan Elsbeth. Morgan Elsbeth constructs this large hyperspace ring called the Eye of Scion, where she plans to travel with Balon Shin to Thrawn's location on Peridia, bring him back, and restore the Empire. Because the Empire is fractured after the Battle of Jakku. Yep. And uh, there's loads of splintering going on. So it's up to it's up to Morgan to try. That's her mission, to go and, to, and uh, be a yep. servant of Thrawn and help Thrawn return and bring about, bring about the new Empire. And isn't Thrawn just fantastic? From the moment he oh, steps onto the screen, you're, you're glued to him. Yeah, it's like he attracts your eye, and like every time, every word he says, every time he moves, looks at something, you're like, "What's going on in his head?" And that's a that's a great way to view a character, I think. Yeah, because the mystery, but also the the intrigue of wow, this guy and the voice. Oh, Lars Mikkelsen blows it blows it out of the water. I'm I'm just a, I'm just a big I'm, and as an actor as well, I think yep. Lars is great. And Alice Thrawn is just the best guy. He is in my in my research. Dave Filoni in several interviews with Dave Filoni, the um, creator of this show yep. and the writer and director. Uh, obviously written by Dave Filoni. Uh, Dave said that um, from Rebels, Thrawn was the hardest, longest casting he's ever had to have. For like to pick somebody who who everyone's imagined in their head, the voice yeah. imagined in their head of what, video games and whatever, and what people have imagined of Thrawn from the novels. Now becomes Thrawn in in Rebels and then in live action. Yep. And in Rebels they chose Thrawn. In they chose Lars, and it was just immediately they've got to win there. I mean, the breeze the brother of Mads Mikkelsen. Yes. Everyone loves a bit of Mads. I love a bit of Mads. Yeah, so do I. I love a bit of Lars as well. And he's got that. He doesn't sound like the typical Imperial officer. He even mm-hmm. says so. He says he's seen many Imperial officers fall to the the trick of the Jedi. You see, and he's not going to let that happen again. But he doesn't sound like that classic uptight mm-hmm. British officer. You know, he's a Danish. There's a bit of twang in yep. there. There's a bit of accent. It's like, oh, you can see immediately this guy's different, not just from looking at him. Yeah. And obviously, you've got that classic white Grand Admiral uniform with Correct. gold epaulets and them. And he's blue. He's got he's blue. Yeah, blue. Blue. And he's got the red eyes. Uh, it's just fantastic. Looking at the Chislin live action again, there was people sort of there were slight criticisms of. I think he looks a bit pale. And his uniform comes out a bit at the front, but 
I think, which isn't Lars's fault. Lars is like I, skinny as anything. I've right got to love it's like the uniform. proper Star Wars fans who are like, his uniform is a bit too much. His at uniform the front. is a bit too much at the front. <laughs> yeah, but it's a classic. Yeah, but it is the uniform. It's not hip. Yeah, it is the uniform. And the Imperial uniform just looks like that. Yeah, so it's fine. I thought he looked amazing. Actually. I thought he looked amazing. I was completely whisked away about how, how good he looked. Oh, he did look really good. Because normally, if you paint a man blue, yeah. he's going to look a bit like an idiot. Yeah. Uh, but but with but with Lars, he pulls it off because you believe that's Thrawn. Yep. Like I'm not looking at. I know this might sound silly, but I don't think I'm looking at Lars Mikkelsen mm-hmm. in a as in blue, yeah. you know, in a white uniform. I think I'm looking at Grand Admiral Thrawn because everything is there. Yeah. And that's and that's the um, that's the great um, the great characterization and the great performance. That, that ties it all together. It is, and you know what? You don't see him for like pretty no, much most no, of the series. No, you don't see him most. It's great. The last few episodes, <laughs> he only comes in episode six. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And then you're going, yeah, but it's the build up. Exactly. Know? I was, I said in, in the first episode, we reviewed the first episode. Yep. You got to start out with Thrawn episode one. Let's yeah. do it. You know. But now I'm kind of like, no, I'm happy with how much we got of him. Well, this is the thing. Because he just feels like Orson Welles in the Third Man. Yeah. He feels like. You build up, build up, build up. Episode six, the knights, the great mothers say, you will wait. He is. He will arrive soon, and you go. Oh, he's gonna turn up. Maybe this episode. Maybe next. And then Sabine's in that prison cell, and you hear the boom. And yeah. you look up, and you see the Chimera coming over the top of that monolith, and you're like, it, "He's arriving!" And then you see the huge Star Destroyer, and it looks absolutely massive. Yeah. And you see all the stormtroopers, and they're chanting his name, and he's walking down the middle file, and you're like, "This is the build. This is the this is the grand entrance. Yeah. Of the Grand Admiral yes. that we need." Along with Captain Enoch, yes. a new character. Are you a fan of Captain Enoch? He's sort of taken yeah. a bit of like a Boba Fett darling of this series as well. Uh, you know what? I mean, Star Wars already is a vast universe with various different characters you can pull from. But yeah. Sure. Well, Enoch's new. That's what um, I mean. Yeah, yeah, bring, yeah. bring us some new people. I'm bring all us for some it. New people. Exactly. Of course. All for it. Add some uh, more new people. I was about to say, it's a vast world of many different helmets. And Enoch, well, it is. Has, Enoch has a very cool helmet. It is. There's also helmets in his helmet. He's got like the sort of Phantom of the Opera gold mask. Yeah. In the sort of 8080 driver helmet. Yeah. Got a favourite helmet from Star Wars? Good helmets, I think. Good outfits in general yeah. in this series. We can talk about the outfits for a second. Good outfits in I general. I mean, Star Wars always, especially recently, the yeah. like costume and set Costuming, and yeah, visuals yeah. have always been fantastic. Mandalorian armour on Sabine. The, yeah. The, Balin and Shin just look badass with yep. all their armor and cape. Hera looks fantastic as well. Um, I think Ahsoka, the white on Ahsoka really pulls off. I mean, obviously, we get we got a bit of white in Rebels. Yeah. But the white robe, I guess you could call it. Yeah. And uh, sort of uh, the pleats. You know, I learned what a pleat is recently. Oh yeah. Like samurai pleat. It's sort of like the gilded bit on the bottom. It's not a skirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a skirt. It's called pleats. Yes. You look what well, look at what those are, and even sort of with the Night Sisters and sort of the red, and they look like how they're doing the Clone Wars with the sort of the, the faces and the markings. Mm. Everyone's on top form here, yeah. Especially Hayden Christensen. Yes, which there was talk, and he was do it was there. I remember people being like, "Oh, he's he's on set, or he's around," and you know, I think everyone everyone wants to see a bit of. Obviously, you get it in Clone Wars. Bit of Anakin and, and Ahsoka, stuff like that, but so it's, it's always good to see it a bit more. This is live action. This is Hayden Christensen. Exactly. In the Clone Wars outfit, the yep. dream of many people of the fandom 
is to see Hayden Christensen in a Clone Wars setting. I'm also happy for him for the fact that he like was like blasted in the prequels and has now come back for Kenobi and then come back for this. Yeah, and, and everyone loves him. Yeah. <laughs> if to be an actor and to that have that happen to you, even Ewan and Hayden have said that to feel the love now from the fans of the prequels and the fans of, of these new shows is really amazing because I yeah. think Ewan McGregor put it in the fact that their fans of the prequels were, t- were too young. Yeah. So all they heard was the critics. But now they've grown up. Now those fans have grown up. Fans of the prequels like me. Yeah. Every, they're feeling the love of, 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 the, of the fandom and of um, the great Star Wars fans who, who respect the performances of Ewan and Hayden, who were, who were the best parts of the prequels. Yeah. You know, come on. And I think Hayden as Darth, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, he pulls it off. He's not in, he's only in a couple of episodes. He is. Sure. So, yeah, but, but you don't need, you don't need him for no, a no, while, no, no. You don't need him for a longer period of time. And when you got him, you know, there's nothing better than that. I think Caden really, he stepped it up. He's definitely stepped no, it he up. No, he has. And I'm I'm incredibly happy. I'm incredibly happy for him actually, as a, not just as a man, but as an actor in, in himself and as a character. Yeah. Uh, to bring Anakin Skywalker to life once again in the world between worlds. Yep. For a few episodes, it's it's it's, it's just the best. Oh, no, it is. It's really good. It's really good to see. And those Clone Wars sequences, my, my. Yeah. Fantastic. The AT-80s, the, the uh, sorry, not AT-80s, that's the AT-T's, thank oh, yeah. you. Different type of walker. Right. The AT-80 is four, all, all terrain armored transport has four legs. Okay. The AT-T has six legs. Right. And has the big mass driver cannon at the top. Right. I do know the difference. Okay, there we go. See, prove, you've proven it right there. Thank you. They are, I will hand, hand me my Star Wars fan card back. I'll... I'll <laughs> I nearly handed it in there when I got them mixed up, yeah. but I managed to redeem myself. The, yeah, the ATTs, the 501st Clone Troopers, and Captain Rex. Yep. Did you notice Captain Rex in that uh, episode? Not initially. Okay. And then, it, like, you see, like, you know, still little screenshots or whatever. Mm. It's like, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. So, and then went back. Oh, yeah. There yeah, it is. Captain, Captain Murray Morrison to voice Captain Rex. Obviously. There's a couple of cameos, <laughs> there's a couple of cameos in this. Go on. Uh, Clancy, got, Br- Clancy Brown. I was gonna say, have you got a list? I have. Okay. Clancy Brown, Ryder Azadi, okay. who's the governor of Lothal from Star Wars Rebels. Amazing live action cameo. Mm-hmm. Not really needed, but but I'm glad we got it. Hey, why not? Because he was on Lothal. He's okay. Clancy, yeah. uh, you know, Clancy Brown was filming Gen V at the time or something, uh-huh. and he managed to turn up as Ryder Azadi, which is fantastic. Because he voices Ryder Azadi. Right. It's like he plays him in live action, same as Thrawn. It's fantastic. Uh, there's um, Jai Kel, who is the Lothal, senator of Lothal, who appeared in Rebels as one of, like, when Ezra infiltrates the Imperial Academy, uh-huh. Jai Kel is one of the characters there, and he is now the senator of Lothal. Yep. We have um, Hamato Ziono, who is the father of Kaz Ziono from Star Wars um, Resistance. Uh-huh. He's also a character from Star Wars Resistance. He's the main senator in the New Republic now, who's resistant to the... Return of Thrawn doesn't believe it. Yep. Uh, he's a bit of a bureaucrat. There's a couple more um, senators and uh, Admiral Akbar appears. Oh in this. yes. He's in. He's in the. He's in the tribunal yeah. for Hera when Hera's on trial with Mon with Mon Mothma, who's played by Geneva Riley. There's a there's a voiceless Admiral Akbar. He's sitting there. <laughs> if you noticed him, I did. Yeah. Can't miss him. Yeah, of course, can't miss him. Uh, Paul Sun Hung Lee, who plays Carson Teva in The Mandalorian, he's back in this as well. Okay. Captain Carson Teva. Uh, Dave Filoni voices Chopper, he's in this. One of your favourite droids. Yep, from Rebels. Chopper, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Inquisitor Marek, uh, who's played by stuntman Paul, Paul Darnell, good for him. Yeah, go for it. 
Uh, you like Mar- like the look of Marrick, the Inquisitor Marrick? Yeah. I said on the first episode, I think he's just a random Inquisitor, <laughs> and that's it. And I was proven right. <laughs> yeah. Because everyone was like, oh, he's Ezra, oh, he's Starkiller, oh, he's yeah. Mara Jade, oh, he's Kitak Kid Kadak. <laughs> no, he's Marrick. He's just a random Inquisitor who gets killed. Yeah. He's a mini-boss. Yeah. And I was right. He's a mini-boss. Oh, well, he's cool. And that's it. Yeah, and then we have we have uh, Captain Enoch here. Yeah. Uh, and the the Great Mothers, you know what they're called? I, I don't. They're called Actropar, mm-hmm. Clotho, and Lachesis. And they're played by uh, Jiriel Prescott-Galen, Claudia Black, and Jane Edwina Seymour. Where do we get these like, Star Wars names from? Good for them. What? Um, Actropor, <laughs> Clotho, and Lachesis. Yeah. There you are. That, that is their name. But you, even know, but you don't even know their names. Whose job is it to name Star Wars like characters? Well, funnily enough, uh, a lot of these names, I, I think, are like biblical or something like that from the uh, series. Okay. Like, I know Enoch's a, bl- a biblical name. Right. I think a lot of these like biblical or sort of witchcrafty type names, because there's um, a lot of references to like, there's a reference to the line, the witch in the wardrobe in the title of this there is, thing. Uh, episode there's 8, I think. Episode 8, yeah, yeah. Um... There's t- the name. The episode two is called Toil and Trouble, which is from mm-hmm. Macbeth, which is about the witches. Um, part six, Far, Far Away, it's about a Star Wars reference to the start to the title of the films. Uh, Dreams and Madness is another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of references everywhere. But a big reference is David Tennant. He is in this. He's Huang. Correct. The droid companion yep. of Ahsoka yep. and a character from the Clone Wars. Yep. He won an Emmy for that, I think, you know. <laughs> yeah, for his Clone Wars episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Voice acting or something. You can might, we might have to look that up. I'll look well. But I'll talk about Huang. Huang helps younglings in the Jedi Temple and on the Jedi ship to create their lightsabers, to put all the pieces together, to take that kyber crystal mm-hmm. and give the lightsaber life. Uh, Huang's a great addition. He looks fantastic in live action. It looks great. Uh, I was amazed by how he was moving. Because I was like, how did they do this? Is he a puppet? He's not CG. Cause, but some, maybe I was fooled. Yeah. I think he is sort of a moosh, sort of like a stick puppet in a way they've got to sort of move, and he kind of moves his arms and everything. But his fingers move, and his arms move, and uh, like his head moves side to side. The Lieutenant won a daytime Emmy. Okay, thank you. Is that different to a regular Emmy? I, I don't actually know. Is that a nighttime Emmy? I'm going to assume I'd... it's different because I've specified. A daytime Emmy. Is that like a kid's show? I'm, I don't know. I'm not saying that Star Wars Clone Wars is for children, but I don't know what a daytime Emmy is. A daytime Emmy or awards for American daytime TV programs. Oh, daytime TV. All right, okay, sure. Yeah. Well, congratulations, David. Yep. Uh, let's go into some Let's go into some of the episodes here. Um, episode two, we've got C... Just cover a note. Episode two has got CTOS, mm-hmm. which is in the Danab system. But just going to say, with Planet Law, going into Planet Law, Cetos is in the Denav system, which is only had one reference from like a reference book or something that's like never been mentioned again. Right. So go on, Cetos in the Denav system, sure thing. And I just thought she said, he said Tanab, and Tanab is from the Battle of Tanab, is where Lando Carizian was. Mm-hmm. But uh, they go to Corellia, which is on Solo, and you see the same factories on Solo. Yeah. And Corellia is a very popular planet. They um, on, on time to in part in episode three we have that great chase through the through the um, atmosphere of Cetos and you see the Pergil yep. big star whales huge you know space whales and 
Harrison Doola meets with Chancellor Mar Mothma. I've said to play by Ginny O'Reilly from Andor. Mm-hmm. You didn't watch Andor, did you? Uh, Andor, yeah, we covered it. Yeah, we covered Andor. Yeah, of course we did. <laughs> Sorry, what am I doing? Covered it on the show, Murray. We covered Andor. Yeah, of course Come on, we man. did. You watched Andor. <laughs> you bet you recognised Geneva O'Reilly's mum, Mothma. You're like, hey, you're an Andor. Yeah, that's exactly how it does. That's my reaction. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Hey, Ash, she's an Andor. She's an Andor, yes. <laughs> of course. In that dull and tone they, as well. Yeah, they discover the Eye of Sion and all that. Uh, Marrakan, it is. A part of, episode four is a great, well, they that great dual scene. Marrakan and Ahsoka and Shin and, yeah. Shin and Sabine. And it ends with uh, Balan Scarland and Ahsoka in a great duel. Mm-hmm. And Balan knocks her off the edge of the sort of henge. Uh, she falls into the water. And then Sabine just gives gives him the map to throw. Yeah. It's all about this orb that the Night Sisters have made. The orb is in the map inside. The map can take you to, to, to Peridia in the other galaxy. And you can go and rescue Thrawn, take him out from his from his exile. Uh, part five, Shadow Warrior, which is a cool name. You get Jason Syndulla. You get uh, the Clone War, the bit of the Clone Wars, uh, the legacy of Anakin's legacy as Darth Vader, where they sw- swap in and out. You see Anakin's body, and then for a split second, you'll see Vader, and then you'll see the Anakin uh, again. There's another uh, great couple of duels between Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm. And Anakin takes her kind of through the mindscape of the world between worlds, which is another dimension. It's not a time travel thing. <laughs> Don't be confused, because some yeah. people are confused. Some people think it's a time travel thing. It's not a time travel thing. Right. It's like another dimension yeah. where you can go to the past, but you're not actually there. See how Anakin was in the Siege of Mandalore, and he's like, I don't remember this battle. Right. Because he wasn't there because it's like an alternate dimension. It's like an, it's like an alternate dimension timeline it's not a it's not a time travel thing they're yeah. not going back in time just to clear that up okay part six is where it gets good yep because they get to peridia part six has no ahsoka in it at all very much she's in the cold open with with because what their plan is yep. to use one of the star whales to fly to peridia mm-hmm. because balaam destroys the map so only the eye of scion can travel there yep and the bad guys can go and get thrown so to, to, to pursue, Ahsoka and Huang hitch a ride on a Star Whale by parking their ship, parking the T-6 Jedi shuttle mm. in the mouth of the Star Whale. And the Star Whale's going to jump to hyperspace to go to Peridia, right? Because um, the Peridia can naturally jump to hyperspace yep. without you know needing a hyperdrive because they're animals. Do it naturally. Yeah. And in part six, we get just a full episode for the villains. Yeah, pretty much. Which is the great thing. Yeah. Full episode with full episode with Balin. Um, full episode with uh, Shin. It's just, it's a great, um, it's a great episode of their perspective, I'd yeah. say, on things. And to get that final reveal of um, Grand Amber Thrawn is just the, the best thing in the world, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's also the best thing in the world. It's interesting you say episode six uh, was good. Episode six, according to IMDb, is where the decline happens in the series. Is it? Yeah. What do you mean? What are the what are the ratings? Episode one, seven point eight. Two is seven point eight. Three is seven point four. So, and then it's like four is eight point six. Five is nine point one. Okay. And then six is eight point two. And it goes back to seven point eight again for the next two. Right. So like episode five was like the peak. Okay. Right. Episode five. According to IMDb. Okay. And then it kind of just dips a little bit. Right, right. Dips a little bit. Episode three apparently is the, the worst one. Okay, and then we get into the finale, the sort of finale episodes mm. of them trying to, of Thrawn 
So Lauren's effective mission to drive the plot is to get back to the galaxy by using the Ive sign to leave. But he has to load up some mysterious cargo from the yeah. Night Sisters first. What do you think are in those boxes? Uh, well, it, not what everyone is probably saying is in those boxes. Okay. I don't know what people are saying in those boxes. Dead bodies. Probably, people are no, probably boxes. not what's. Well, maybe. They're right. saying the Night Sister corpses, <laughs> the corpses of the Dathomiri, because Pridia used to be a Dathomir world, like a, the Dathomiri, right. the Night Sisters. And. Morgan Elizabeth said catacombs, uh, and they were like they look like caskets. Yeah, and they were listed on StarWars.com as like Dathomiri caskets or something like that. Right. So they're probably from the ancient homeworld, and they're just a bunch of dead Night Sisters that the Night Because obviously the power of the Night Sisters, the Great Mother, is to bring things back to life, as we saw in the Clone Wars, and they do it as well with zombie stormtroopers. Oh yeah. How do you feel about them? They're called the Night Troopers. They, in all fairness, unless they have, uh, and it's a big, I they, think it's a big reference to a Star Wars: The Clone Wars when the Night Sisters do that, they, yeah. they reanimate their own kind. But also, I think it's a massive reference to the novel Death Troopers. If you ever read that, have you ever I read Death Troopers? Also, I bet you've seen the imagery of yeah. a zombie stormtrooper before, haven't you? Yeah. And Death Troopers is about a prison ship which like crashes into a, a star destroyer, which has a bio weapon on it, yeah. which can effectively make you a zombie, and it's like right. a zombie horde. Horror, horror book. It's very good. Why haven't they done that for like the, like Halloween special? Like a Star Wars Halloween oh, special. Oh, yeah, 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 maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It was kind of a Halloweenish thing at the time. Um, I think they re released Death Troopers now. Apart from the fact that we have a Death Trooper Death Troopers yeah. in the finale as well, because we see Death Troopers from Rogue One, yeah. the, the sort of big, tall, black stormtrooper with the sort of special armor and whatever. And they are also undead. So we have Death Trooper Death Troopers. Yes. Which I think is the funniest, the funniest turnaround of all. But take us into the the Night Trooper reveal, Corey. The Night Trooper reveal. Give me two seconds. I get some notes up. Mm-hmm. As you take a swig of your yes, orange juice. There's a big, <laughs> there's a big fight because um, Ezra and Sab- and Sabine and or Ezra builds a new lightsaber in the finale. Sorry, mm. Ezra builds a new lightsaber in the finale. Yeah. And he makes a joke about how the emitter is too narrow. It's gonna the blades are gonna be too thin. That's a joke about everyone in Star Wars Rebels. <laughs> in Star Wars Rebels, the lightsabers are done in the style of Ralph McQuarrie. Right. It's a very small blade, a very thin blade. Right. And everyone complains, oh, well, the blades are too thin. Yeah. Uh, which is a nice little nod there. And they have a fight with the Night Troopers. They kill them all, and then the, the Great Mothers stand in a circle. They do the chanting, and yeah. they raise the green flame, and from the green flame rises the horde of night troopers, mm-hmm. who are just as ineffective as the regular stormtroopers, <laughs> except they don't have guns. Yeah. How are they going to bite you? Through a helmet? Uh, uh, maybe. That I will one, say, though, That one guy that had his face shot off. Yeah. He could bite you. D- design-wise? Yes, design-wise, very cool. Very cool. The red lace and sort of the gold. It's got a... Kintsuki, I think, is the name yeah, of it. Yeah, the Japanese, yeah. like... Art of putting gold in something and it makes it... it's broken. Yeah. And it's broken to make it an artifact, to make it a lot of art. Yeah. Which is cool because Thrawn's main thing is he loves art. He studies the art of war. He also studies the art of regular art. Yeah. To know about his opponent. That's why he wants to know everything about Soka so he can predict her movements. And he does very well. He does. But his main plan is to kind of wait... Wait and delay them. Yeah. Which I guess is a strategic plan if he yeah. wants to leave. Yeah. He's like, hey, Balin and Shin, go and take care of a Sabine. And then he goes, hey, all my night troopers, go and take care of a Soka. And yeah. he goes, hey, Morgan Elspeth, go and take care of a Soka. And then by the time everyone, finally dispatched everyone, he goes, right, all right, cool, let's go. And, yeah. he, just, and he just jumps away with the Eye of Sion. Yeah. 
But Thrawn's a highlight. Yeah. Isn't he? He's just, oh, you're just glued to the screen. He's, I cannot stop talking about him. He's really good in this. Really and good. if, cause I, I've, I've had a quick Google. If we end up getting a sequel, which is mm. seemingly likely, apparently it's not confirmed currently, but it's seemingly season likely. Season two. Um... That would be great. Also, Dave Filoni is working on a film. Yes, apparently it's supposed to be a Mandoverse film. Yeah. So according it's to the rumour. going to tie together. The Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, and, and Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. So he'll probably, you know, maybe Having appear a, in that anyway. Thro- or... Yeah, thro- he's got to survive. He's got to be the villain of that, surely. Thrawn yeah. has to be the main villain of that film. He must be. If that's the Dave Filoni. The Filoni-verse. Yes. The Mandoverse film um, got but no, to be thrown. Apparently, we're waiting to see how season one performs. From what I know, I'm assuming season one's performed. Yeah, can we just well, get into it? Right, I'm just going to say this, yep. right? You binged it. Correct. Disney does not count your viewership. No. Because if you don't know this, Disney counts viewership week to week. Yes. That's why That's why Kenobi isn't going to get another season. Yeah. Because if viewership drops week to week and yep. people do not view it on the day it comes out... Yeah. Disney do not consider that viewership. Yeah. When Netflix, for for hundreds of years, has been doing the fact that it all comes out at once. Yeah. And people binge it, and we get the numbers yep. off that. If if people wait, what people will do is because people are human, mm. they will wait until all the episodes come out, and then they will yep. watch it all at once. Yep. Because well, that's what people do. That's um, just the culture that we have fostered. And Disney do not seem to yeah. understand. I will let you talk. Sorry, Disney will not. Disney does not understand the culture that we have fostered that people will watch it all at once yep. and binge it. They want week to week. This isn't network television, Disney. No. We need to understand this. This is a streaming service. You have one. Yeah. And it's good. But you need to understand to judge viewership by binging and by people that watch it week to week. Because yes. there will be people that watch it week to week, mm-hmm. like me, but there will also be people who watch it when it's all done, yeah. like you. Yeah. Continue, please. No, because what I was going to mention is, like, I, I'm going to watch Loki. I've seen the first, like, episode of Loki when it came out. I'm watching the rest of the season now because it's either finished now or it's finishing, like, this week. Mm, season two, yeah. yeah. If you want to know, in fact, I will be binging Loki season two. Because I've not seen Loki season two. <laughs> exactly. I'm watching Gen V at the moment. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not watching all of Loki. I'll watch Loki season two when it all comes out. Yeah. We'll it's probably just, end up reviewing it. It's just fun to binge sometimes. Yeah, you yeah, get exactly. it all at once. Exactly. As much as I love Ahsoka watching it week to week, yeah. I've got to say, it is fun to binge yeah. something. I'm going to binge all of Loki season two. It is fun to binge something. Yeah. It's, the, the appeal is there. And, and Disney don't seem to understand that for some reason. No. That's why, like, I know Andor's getting a season two because there's already been footage released. But for a while, we didn't think there was because yeah. of this precise reason. You see, that's the other, if, if Andor gets a season two... It I, is going to get a season two. There's footage. I, like. I would say that Ahsoka probably will then. Because yeah. I would assume Ahsoka's done... From what I can gather of like internet and people talking about yeah, it and yeah, stuff yeah. Ahsoka seems to be done better than Andor mm. Andor from what I can remember like critically wasn't well, it was alright well people didn't understand Andor that yeah. was the problem but that's a, that's, a, that's a concern for another day yeah the concern is now Ahsoka season 2 yep it should get one a lot of the criticism of the finale was before we got on to our we're rating and our rec rating and our rec um, a lot of criticism of the finale was there was not a lot of Balin and Shin I know they're two characters that are really hinge on but there was like 25 seconds of them in the finale. Yeah. What is Balin going to do? He's on, those, he's on that great Mortis thing, Clone Wars. He's, he's on the statue of the father, uh-huh. looking out to the altar of Mortis. Unfortunately, Ray Stevenson has passed away. Yeah. Are they going to recast? Why? Yeah. They can't CGI him. That's no. too disrespectful. He's not Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing's been dead 20 years. Yeah. But 
Ray Stevenson passed away while the show was due to come out. And everything was already released. Yeah. So, I mean, like, trailers and stuff. Yeah. But you can't re... I don't think you could recast it. People saying no. that they are going to. I don't think they should. Because who could do it other than Ray Stevenson? I think the best policy is to just write him out yeah. somehow. Just say he's off doing I was going to say, he's, he's got to do something else. Have Shin talk about him. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's all you really can do. And maybe continue it in a novel yeah. or in an animated... Sh- or in, like, Tales of the Jedi, right? Yep. If you watch that. Tales of the Jedi with a sound alike, yep. if you can. You know, or do a novel or something like that. Yep. Do something that continues his story, otherwise of the show or the film. Yeah. And, but it's, it's, it's almost setting it up, though. Yep. And obviously we don't plan on anyone ever passing away. But I think his story does have to be continued because it is so pivotal now. But I think just have Shin talk about him in season two. Yep. Maybe Shin knows what he did or whatever, what he was going to do. And there are ways to, I think there's a ways to get around it, which there is There are ways to get say, around it. Um, I mean, if you really want to like push it as well, if you can get a standalone, like just have like voice messages or something come through, like some kind of like radio communication or something. Yeah, yeah, like Balan's just like every, every now and then. Shin or something like that, you know. But yeah. like with the hologram that Ezra left for Sabine yeah. in the first episode. Yeah, I think... But no, the, the, the best thing is just for him to just be off-screen... Off-screen and writing out. Doing his own thing. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anyone's going to mind because it was so ambiguous to what his purpose was anyway that yeah. it might as well be up to interpretation at this yeah. point. People thought it was Abeloth. People thought it was loads of weird things. So there's loads of legend stuff. So it was like... I think it's up for interpretation mostly of what he was actually trying to do. Yeah. Let's give it a rating and we'll go into a wreck. Okay. This is for the whole series, mind yes. you. Not episode to episode. We did rate it. the first episode. But we'll rate now the entire series. Yes. You were first. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was quite good. I had a fun time. So I'm going to give it somewhere in a realm of about an 8. I think. Okay, I was going to go for an 8.5 and a 9. Okay. Because you said 8, I will go 8.5. Okay, there we go. It was, it was good. I for enjoyed us, it. The Ahsoka series. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, almost like a Rebel Season 5 for many people. And Rebels had a lot of fans. I know. I think it was. Um, it came to a stop in season four, mm-hmm. and people wanted more. Yep. So this is a great live-action continuation. They've got Ahsoka. You've got Hera. You've got Sabine. You've got Ezra. You've got Thrawn. Yep. You've got all the big characters. I think. Yeah, this is a worthwhile conclusion. And if we get season two, even better. Yeah, we should do. Now the weekly wreck this week. Yes. It is not. I I thought I my process was for this. Right. I could easily get a Star Wars Rebels episode. Mm-hmm. Do a Star Wars Rebels episode with Thrawn in it. Right? Yes. It's going to be about Thrawn. I love Thrawn. Yeah. Wearing a Thrawn T-shirt. You are. I have a shrine to Thrawn in my home. Um, I do. I do. I've got his Black <laughs> Series figure. I've got his pop vinyl. I know they're. I know they're going to release another pop vinyl. I'll end up buying that anyway. Fair enough. Um, they, they released. A, you know what a Hot Toys is. Uh, kind they of. They released a Hot Toys Thrawn. Hot Toys. They like they're really really expensive. Really, yeah, yeah. Look it up. It's about two hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah. Um, of Thrawn from Lost Book. It looks like he's got his face. He's got like the skin of his face. Yeah. It looks so cool. I so want it. Um, they've. I've got, you know, the books and everything. I'm not the head of the Empire, but I have his original Thrawn trilogy. Well, no, when, he, when Thrawn came back into canon with Star Wars Rebels, Timothy Zahn, the writer of. Uh, the creator of Grand Admiral Thrawn, the writer of Head of the Empire, mm-hmm. came out with a new Thrawn trilogy. Detailing what his adventures would be in canon. Okay. There's the first book, Thrawn, I think 2017 or something. Right. Thrawn Alliances, which is his story with Darth Vader. Okay. Uh, Thrawn Treason, which is his story with kind of Palpatine and all that, which is set between the seasons. And then 
he, he went back and he did another trilogy called Thrawn Ascendancy. Right. Which is about his story in, in the Triss Ascendancy. Okay. And... Here we go. As, as for all the, all the audio listeners here, Murray's reaching into his bag. He's putting out of his bag a white box. Mine, not a white box, a white book. A white book. Have a look. It's a book. With this bl- is Thrawn Ascendancy. With blue pages. Uh, with bl- mm. Like they've skinned Thrawn. Yes. Put him on some page. What is it? Read me the title. Uh, Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. Rising, yeah, the first book of the Thrawn Ascendancy series. This is a prequel. This is a prequel. This is when Thrawn was in the Chiss Expansion uh, Defense Force. He is stood on Chisilla. With like snakes or something? It's the Chimera. It's the logo of the oh, Chimera. Because okay. on the bottom of the Star Destroyer, there's like a decal of the, of the Chimera. It's actually a story of how he gets that. Uh, how he oh. gets that decal as well. Uh, so you can read, read the blurb on the back. A long time ago, been a galaxy beyond the galaxy far, far away. Beyond the galaxy far, far away. Do you mean read the blurb that's in the? Yeah, in there. Sorry, yeah, read that blurb. <laughs> in the hardcover. In the hardcover. Yeah, this is the hardcover. <coughs> I'm not a pleb. Discover. Yeah, I like hardcovers. Okay. Discover Thrawn's origins with his Chiss ascendancy in the first book in an epic new Star Wars trilogy from best-selling author Timothy Zahn. <clears throat> beyond the edge of a galaxy lie the unknown regions, chaotic, uncharted, and near impassable. Possessing hidden secrets and dangers in equal measure, and nestled within their swirling chaos is the Ascendancy, home to the enigmatic Chiss and the nine ruling families that lead them. The peace of Ascendancy, a beacon of calm and stability, is shattered after a daring attack on the Chiss capital that reveals no trace of the enemy. Baffled, the Ascendancy dispatches one of its brightest young military officers to root out the unseen assailants. A recruit born of no title but adopted into the powerful family of the myth and given the name Thrawn. The might of the expansionary fleet at his back, and aided by his comrade, Admiral R. Alani, Thrawn begins to piece together the answers he's looking for. But as Thrawn's first command probes deeper into the vast stretch of space his people call the chaos, he realises that the mission he has been given is not what it seems, and the threat to the ascendancy is only just beginning. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Have a book. Of course. <laughs> Uh, this is Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. It's uh, Timothy Zahn is just yep. amazing. I think he's a fantastic writer, especially for dialogue mm-hmm. and for what for the inner monologue of Thrawn, him being Thrawn and thinking and coming yep. out with the lines. Uh, I'm going to give it another eight. Solid. That is solid. I'll give it an eight for uh, Chiss uh, Thrawn. I almost called him Chiss Ascendancy. No, it's Thrawn Ascendancy. <laughs> Thrawn is in the Chiss Ascendancy. Yes. Thrawn is in the Chiss Ascendancy. I'm going to give Thrawn Ascendancy Chaos Rising. An eight. That's pretty uh, high. Thank you very much. Um, this has been gr- this has been great. Yes. Uh, I'm very excited for this to, for this to come out and for the, you know bring on season two. Yeah. Bring on more Grand Admiral Thrawn. I want to see him. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, it is a goodbye from me. Goodbye and a goodbye from Corey. Goodbye. <laughs>